What's happening, friends? Welcome back to the Bankrupt Hippo YouTube channel. I'm Bryce, and this is another episode of Coffee and Kernels, where we talk all about the world of movies, video games, TV shows, and all the glorious things that go on within it. We've got another great show for you today, packed with a lot of things that went on this week. But first, my friends, if you're liking these videos and enjoy this podcast, feel free to like, comment, subscribe at your leisure. It helps out the channel. I'll link some of my playlists in the video right here. So, in today's episode, we've got a few things to talk about. We're going to talk about the upcoming movie releases for September and which movies I'm going to be seeing and am most excited for. We're also going to talk about the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer that dropped this week. Super exciting stuff. We're also going to be talking about a game that came out on Xbox Game Pass called 12 Minutes. That's been my addiction all week long. We're also going to dive into another movie review, which is going to be Jordan Peele's Candyman that came out this week. And we're also going to talk about a couple of trailers that debuted at Gamescom this week, first of which is the Far Cry 6 story reveal trailer, and then we'll round off the episode. We're talking about Halo Infinite and its multiplayer trailer as well. So without further ado, my friends, let's get started. First up, upcoming movies in September to watch out for. Alright, so kind of kicking off the segment for September movie releases and my most anticipated movies, there's three on my list out of, I believe, the 20 that are going to be having a theatrical release this month. They include Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Dear Evan Hansen, and Malignant. So I've talked about two out of the three of these movies so far. I'll link the video somewhere up above just to give you what my initial thoughts were, but I'll give you my thoughts as of right now. Touching on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings first. So for me, I'm excited for this movie for a couple of reasons. One, it's another Marvel title, which given Marvel's track record over the last decade and a half, they always tend to put out content that I enjoy. So I'm anticipating that Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is going to follow suit in that respect. Plus the fact that I'm excited to get a new protagonist in this entire universe because we've had, although I love Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Hulk, Black Widow, Hawkeye, I love all those characters. I'm excited to continue to get looks at new ones, much like we've had a more in-depth look at Loki, Wanda, a lot like Vision, things along those lines, and Shang-Chi, I think, is going to follow suit in that quite nicely. And another reason I'm excited for this movie, I've heard of, I've heard and seen a lot of positive feedback from people who have already seen the film. A lot of pundits on YouTube, they end up getting early access to these movies, usually a couple weeks in advance. Some of them have seen it two, three times, and they all seem to really, really enjoy this movie in a lot of different ways, so I'm excited to see how it's going to hit me. The movie's trailers, I will say, didn't get me super invested overall into the movie. They look like typical Marvel trailers with some action moments, maybe a couple of laughs, and just a little glimpse into what's going on. I don't know if that's by design, if Marvel intended for that to happen, but either way, the trailers didn't strike me to get really too much more amped for this movie than the other aforementioned reasons. So overall, I'm looking forward to seeing this movie on September 3rd, and I will review it once it does come out and I see it. But my friends, I ask you, are you excited for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings? If so, let me know down in the comments below. The second movie that I'm excited for for the month of September is Malignant, which is going to debut on Friday, September 10th, and this is going to be James Wan's newest directorial project. This is my most anticipated movie of the month for a few reasons. First of all, it's directed by James Wan, who to me is my favorite horror movie director. He has directed several of the best horror movies of the last decade and a half in terms of Insidious, in terms of The Conjuring, and he has just crushed it out of the park and has made literally the scariest movies I've ever seen in my life, so... 
to see him direct another horror project is something that's going to obviously, because of that reason, get me naturally excited overall. He does a really good job of using cinematography to just grab my emotion, grab my, my peril, and shake it around and make me feel really disoriented. So I'm excited to get scared again for Malignant coming up. And also, second of all, I haven't really seen a great horror film come out since some of the Conjuring movies that James Wan directed. So I'm really, I have this beacon of hope in this movie that this is going to be a fantastic horror title and one that's actually going to kind of freak me out a little bit. The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. First of all, James Wan didn't direct that one, although I enjoyed that movie, but it didn't really freak me out as much as Conjuring 1 and 2 did. Like Conjuring 1 and 2 deeply scared the hell out of me and I'm kind of hoping that Malignant does the same because Malignant, even the title, it just makes my skin crawl a little bit so I'm really looking forward to this movie and the trailers I have to say for this movie also helped in that respect. The trailers revealed just enough for me to get intrigued without revealing too much and if you ask me, the the best version of a trailer is, is ones that walk that line and this trailer ended up doing it for me. But now my friends, I ask you, are you excited for Malignant? Whatever you think, you know where the comment section is. Let me know. The last movie I want to talk about, which is my second most anticipated movie of the month, is going to be Dear Evan Hansen. So I actually just sat down and watched the trailer for this movie right before I started filming this podcast. And I don't know what it was about this trailer that got me so invested. It's a movie I think that really, it tugs at your heartstrings, right? It's about the story of this kid who is in high school. He's really lonely. He doesn't have a ton of friends. It looks like a movie that's going to be touching upon the sensitive issues that high schoolers end up facing in their adolescence and their youth and how they really cope and deal with those really traumatic situations because a lot of kids, high school is not a great time, and I'm really excited for this movie to kind of explore that sort of story. It reminds me of something akin to the perks of being a wallflower, right? It seems to be a coming-of-age story that's surrounded by this kid who is just going through a really hard time and kind of coping with that and turning it into something a little bit more positive. So I'm really excited to see where the movie takes it, and it looks to be an original idea that I can really get behind. It looks like the movie's got a lot of heart, which is... For me personally, right up my alley. And another thing too, Ben Platt is playing Evan Hansen in this movie and the last project I saw Ben Platt in was Pitch Perfect. And Pitch Perfect is like one of my all-time favorite movies, believe it or not. And plus, this guy's got the voice of an angel, so if you haven't seen him in Pitch Perfect, please watch it. He is a pretty comedic and he's a very talented character in that movie, but it looks like he's going to be singing in this movie, so just... Even if I if I get nothing else out of Dear Evan Hansen but hearing Ben Platt sing, I will have walked out a happy man and really, really happy that I went and watched this movie. The trailer did a good job of hooking me in overall. It seems to be a feel-good story with a lot of heart, with a lot of hardship to go along with it. So, my friends, I ask you, what did you make of the Dear Evan Hansen trailer? Are you excited for the movie at all? Well, let me know down in the comment section below. So, just to kind of recap, my most anticipated movies for the month of September include... Malignant, number one, Dear Evan Hansen, number two, and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings at number three. But my friends, what are your most anticipated movies of the month? Any that made your list that didn't make mine? Let me know down in the comments below. Next up, the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer released this week. What did we think of it? Forget to like, comment, and subscribe if you want to get on the fun and enjoy more videos just like these. The Spider-Man No Way Home trailer ended up dropping today. A trailer was leaked just a few hours before, in fact, later that day, and I believe Sony ended up being forced to reveal the full trailer. What did I think of the trailer? Overall, 
I thought the trailer was actually really, really excellent. In fact, it was probably one of the favorite trailers I've seen this year. The biggest reason being the fact that this trailer does a really good job of showing us what this movie's about, what the stakes are like, without giving too much detail and revealing to us everything about the movie. So for example, after watching this trailer, Tom Holland, who obviously plays Peter Parker, AKA Spider-Man, his identity was revealed by Mysterio, I believe, and Far From Home. But anyways, Mysterio reveals his identity and now he's kind of paying the repercussions for that in his personal life with his relationships with his friends with MJ with his aunt things aren't going very well so he confides in Dr. Stephen Strange to help him out and sort of make sure that everybody forgets that he's Peter Parker Spider-Man but it doesn't go the way it was planned and things have dire consequences the best line in this trailer is comes from Stephen Strange and he says be careful what you wish for kid which I thought was the best line in the trailer for what this whole entire movie will be about which is Peter trying to undo the damage that he has done or wished himself upon. And the really good thing I enjoy about this trailer is, like I said, it doesn't reveal too much to us. For example, it, it kind of shines a little bit on Dr. Stephen Strange and the fact that he was told not to cast the spell. And it also doesn't tell us why it's winter in his house. That's the one really weird thing I noticed is that it was really, there was, there was snow in his house and I'm curious as to why. And I'm also wondering why he deliberately disobeyed the recommendation to not cast the spell. It's like, why? what was the motivation behind that does he have some ulterior motive plus it was cool seeing alfred molina as doc ock in this movie i'm not sure if that's playing into the rumors that have been circulating that toby mcguire and andrew garfield or fans have been throwing around that andrew garfield and toby mcguire are in this movie i don't know if that either supports or strays away from that claim for a second and feel free to correct me if i'm wrong on this but it looked like they de-aged alfred molina just a little bit then again i just watched the trailer like a minute ago and i was i only watched it once so my memory could be a little hazy in that regard. At the end of the day, this trailer got me really, really excited to see this movie come December, and I'm really excited to see what Peter does to cope and deal with this situation. How is it going to affect him as a character? How is he going to dwell into his own? Now, my friends, I ask you, what did you make of the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer? I'm also curious, do you think Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield will be in this movie? What do you think of Doc Ock being in the movie? Or also, do you think Stephen Strange is up to something nefarious? Whatever you think. Comment below, let me know. Next up, a deep dive into 12 minutes after me playing it for seven hours and seven minutes. These are my thoughts. 12 minutes, my current game obsession and it's driving me wild. Let's talk about it. All right, my friends, so a new game hit Game Pass within the last week, it's called 12 Minutes. Basically, what the game is about is you play as a husband who is caught in this time loop that is occurring every 12 minutes, or at least at the most 12 minutes. Voiced by James McAvoy, basically the object of the game is to go ahead and solve what in the hell is going on with this man and his wife and this supposed cop that's trying to arrest her. You've got 12 minutes to do so, and if you make the wrong decision, you start back all over again. I have been banging my head against the wall for all seven hours and seven minutes of this game, and I absolutely have loved every second of it. The game is essentially a puzzle that you're trying to piece together in order to get to the end. How this game starts out, you come home after a long day of work, you go into your apartment, it's just you and your wife. You're greeted by your wife. She says she's made your favorite dessert. You guys are sitting down eating dessert when a man is knocking at the door who claims to be the police. He barges in, handcuffs your wife, and accuses her of murdering her father eight years ago. Then you refuse to cooperate because you're confused as, as well. You both get handcuffed, the cop strangles you, and then 
the time loop begins. You start back over at the very beginning of the time loop and now you've got to piece together what is going on. Why are you in this time loop? Why is your wife being accused of murder? Why is the cop there? Who is he? What the hell is going on? The game is so simple and effective in its execution. Normally, if you had told me that for the next seven hours and seven minutes, you're going to play the same sequence of events over and over and over again, I would think you're crazy and I would never pick up the game. But for this game, I'm kind of addicted to it. I got to that seven hours and seven minutes only in just two short days over the weekend, and I cannot wait to go back and play it, play more. In fact, right after I'm done posting this video, I think I actually might play it for another hour or so. And the reason why I think this game does such a great job of keeping people like myself hooked is the fact that they make it intriguing enough. They give you enough clues to go ahead and just slowly piece together the story at a comfortable pace. Meaning they don't make it so hard to where you're only making a little bit of progress every five, six hours. Within the seven hours of progress that I've gone through, and I have a feeling I'm about this close to solving what is going on and why I'm in this time loop. And another thing I think this game has going for it is the voice acting too. Now, James McAvoy is the husband, Daisy Ridley voices the wife, and Willem Dafoe voices the cop in this game. In this case, they execute their lines in such a way where I'm like, okay, I can really, they, they're really bringing something to this material and elevating it as high as possible which is a great added effect because great voice acting can really make or break a game i think it's one of the most underrated parts within games some good examples of this john dimaggio of gears of war he voices marcus phoenix as well as master chief both are played by iconic voices and will be remembered for years to come it's 12 minutes as characters take it that far not really, but nonetheless, still great performances by and large. So my friends, at the end of the day, what am I saying? What I'm saying is if you're looking for something different, I say give this game a shot. Or rather, if you are giving this game a shot currently and are just like me and are still trying to figure out what is up with that damn watch, comment down below and let me know how your progress is going. What information have you found out? Of course, for those of you who are new to this game, beware of spoilers in the comment section. But let me know where you're at at the game. Any tips, any tricks, anything that you found really gratifying. What's special about this game to you? Whatever you think. You know what the comment section is. Let me know. Next up, let's talk about the Far Cry 6 story reveal trailer and what it all means for the game coming up in October. Incom has been going out this week, and Far Cry 6 revealed a gameplay trailer for the story mode, and this is what I thought about it. Overall, I thought the story trailer was pretty stellar. I'm really, really excited because of the fact that it looks like we're going to have a strong antagonist once again in the form of Giancarlo Esposito playing the villain, and I also really enjoy the dynamic between him and his son Diego. It's going to be really interesting seeing him raise his son Diego through trials and tribulations while also trying to run this country as a, I guess, quote-unquote, uh, paradise, if you will. Another really interesting spin on this is the fact that it's revealed in the trailer that he seems to be developing a cure for cancer in his country, but as he says, it comes with a price, and I'm guessing that price is him being a dictator and enslaving people which to me just makes for really awesome story mechanics and i can't wait to see how all that plays out having said that i have some really big concerns about the protagonists and the protagonist group once again far cry titles have a really big legacy of having excellent villains really great antagonists but not so interesting protagonists and there's nothing about the protagonists in this game that really strikes me so far just from the trailer not very charismatic just another run-of-the-mill character just trying to take down the big bad in the game and frankly it's something we've seen a lot before but 
if the game is executed in such a way, at the end of the day, I'll, all will be forgiven. One really interesting line I really liked that's kind of driving these protagonists is the fact that revolutions aren't won by the fearless, they're won by the feared. I just really, really enjoyed that piece. I think it also puts a bit of novelty into how these protagonists are going to be portrayed in the game. Sometimes it's not all about just having blind fear. Sometimes it's about having power and having the respect of others in order for you to succeed. One other thing that stuck out to me in this trailer that I really, really didn't like was the graphics look a little dated to me. Like some of the character faces, some of the character clothing, even the way they walk, it's reminiscent of graphics that are severely dated by like three, four, five years. Like I remember seeing these same graphics in games that came out like half a, half a decade ago. Don't know why that is. I don't know if it's just because the trailer was rendered weirdly, but I've noticed it in the previous gameplay reveal too. So a little worried about that, but we'll just have to wait and see when the game comes out to confirm that. So overall, my friends, I'm really excited based off of the Far Cry Story gameplay trailer. What did you make of the trailer? Whatever you think, you know where the comment section is. Let me know. Next up, Halo Infinite has dropped a multiplayer trailer at Gamescom this week. What did we make of the trailer? Let's break it down. Alright, so the Halo Infinite release trailer ended up dropping earlier today from Gamescom. And I gotta say, overall, I love this trailer. There's a few reasons why I loved it. Mainly the reason is that it's told through the eyes of a normal average everyday citizen going on in this Halo world. You're looking at it from a normal citizen's perspective and being helped or aided by Spartans. And I don't think it's something that the Halo franchise has really done very much in the past i think it'd be really interesting for them to explore in the campaign albeit the fact that this is a multiplayer trailer so i think it might be a little bit far-fetched for this to translate into the campaign and it's almost something i wish this franchise would actually explore a little bit more i've played through halos one through four and i've never played in the game or seen the game really through the eyes of a normal everyday citizen going on in this world and it's also something i'd even love to see the gears of war franchise do as well you don't really you always play as like this big brooding soldier you never really play through the eyes of a citizen who went through e-day things like that but that's a whole another story altogether but the idea that you play as a normal citizen who uh, whose life was changed by these spartans and seeing yourself helped out by them it's just super unique and it got me really really pumped to play the game before watching this trailer i wasn't too excited about halo infinite because i'm not like a super big halo fan but i gotta say this trailer did a great job of hooking me in and getting me really excited another interesting thing i noticed in this trailer is my god our spartan soldier is really really tall i play halo with a friend once in a while and he was telling me that in lore like spartan soldiers are usually like seven foot six or maybe even eight feet tall and they make that really apparent in this trailer because this normal citizen is just head and shoulders below all four of the spartan soldiers that end up touching down which i thought was really jarring really juxtaposed and used really effectively just to show how powerful these spartan soldiers are and albeit you as the player can also become really effective subtle tactic one gripe i've heard about this trailer is the fact that it doesn't really show any gameplay it is just a cinematic rendering which i can understand why that wouldn't work very well with a lot of people because a lot of people want to see how the game's looking how it's performing me personally i'm a sucker for the cinematic trailers i love cinematic elements in video games so this totally worked for me plus friends the good news is if if you have xbox game pass you can download this game day one and you can actually pre-install it right now so i'm going to be doing so i'm really excited for it and i thought this trailer was amazing it got me really pumped for this game all right my friends now i ask you have you seen the in halo infinite multiplayer trailer what did you think of it you know where the comment section is let me know now finally to finish off the episode Candyman 2021 movie release came out this week here is my spoiler for your review so 
Candyman. Candyman is the story of Anthony McCoy, played by Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, and Brianna Cartwright, played by Tiana Paris, who also was in WandaVision as Monica Rambeau, which really great show. Anthony and Brianna are both artists that are just trying to make it in Chicago, Illinois. One day, Brianna's brother comes over and tells them both of the story of Candyman. Anthony gets a little bit of a fixation on the story and he, he decides to use it as his inspiration for his next work. However, as he starts to follow this trail and the story of Candyman, takes him to places that he never thought imaginable. And we have our movie. My overall thoughts on this movie, this movie achieved a lot in one two-hour package. The elements achieved here by Naya DaCosta as the director and Jordan Peele as the producer it's really stunning actually and they do this in a lot of very many subtle ways that really contribute to this being a really good thriller film they make a ton of really great cinematic choices throughout the movie there's some really interesting dialogue about racial injustice anthony mccoy is a really really great character this is a solid thriller movie and the legend of Candyman is well unsettling if i had to describe it in a sentence it's like this movie truly felt like art without falling too deep into it and still being able to appeal to a wider audience so starting off with what I really liked about this movie, this movie really delivers on what it promised on in its trailers, which is a great thriller film, which has been Jordan Peele's wheelhouse over the last few years. It doesn't really take too long for the movie to get things going. I mean, even from the first shot, the movie does such a good job of making you feel just really unsettled, really disoriented, and it makes you feel like that way throughout the movie as you start to uncover the legend and what really has been happening with Candyman along with Anthony McCoy. And they do this in a lot of different ways. They do this in the camera movements and orientations. They do this in the lighting that they use. They do this in some really other effective ways, like if you've seen it in the trailer, almost like those shadow puppetries, but with paper, that's really interesting. They use it through the makeup. They use it through the sound design. The sound design in this movie, seen in articles, like one of the most effective things that horror movies and thriller movies can do is use sound. And it's so true because this movie really leverages that to its peak here and it really all just conglomerates onto this great thriller experience and it was so good that i have to call it an experience because that's what this truly feels like and even while the movie is going on so obviously in this thriller like any other thriller there are some disturbing images that kind of go on but this movie does something different making you feel even more unsettled because it sort of makes you bake in those moments of disturbedness like it's like it, the moment's happening and in a flash usually it goes away no this movie makes you sit there and just absorb it and it's it's really effective what else did i really like in this movie i really enjoyed anthony mccoy as a character as well as yaya abdul mateen the second's performance as anthony he really elevates the already good dialogue given as anthony mccoy i think he really makes him giant anthony mccoy as a character he really without giving away spoilers loses his grip on reality a couple of times and yaya abdul mateen does a really great job of making you buy into that you feel really unsettled along with him as he's going through these experiences and plus anthony mccoy touching on him more as a character he's a really interesting character because throughout the movie he goes through these highs and lows and his motivations and perceptions of things sort of change and plus speaking from a person who's not really an artist seeing him draw his inspiration from urban legends to me was really eye-opening because i've always wondered it's like how do artists really conduct their work what what inspires them what keeps them going and the fact that in this movie it's urban legends i thought that was really 
it made me really empathize with artists in general or imagine what it would be like to be an artist because it's like, where do they get their creative oats from? And I thought that was a nice touch. Further along with what I liked about this movie, amazingly, this movie still finds a way to have some humor in it. It's really used effectively without overusing it too much in a morbid sort of way. And plus, I really enjoyed the issues that they touch on in this movie about racial injustice and just the conversations that they have about it. I'll just kind of leave it at that because these kinds of things hit other film fans in different ways. And as a fellow film fan, I want you to go in cold and kind of experience it for yourself. Okay, so moving into what I didn't like so much about this movie. For reasons I can't understand, it, the movie just feels just a little bit too long. The runtime is almost exactly two hours. And for me, if it was just a 10 minutes short, I think I would have been okay with that. Having said that, I... I find myself amiss trying to figure out what they could have cut out throughout the movie. It's just, I remember at one point toward the second half, I'm kind of like, all right, sort of wrap this up. So in that regard, I think at 10 minutes off the runtime would have been beneficial. What I also didn't like, I got a little bit lost in the story of Candyman throughout the story. To me, at times, it felt a little convoluted. Even as I'm doing this review, I understand Candyman to a point, but I don't quite fully understand the whole story behind it. Like, I feel like I'd have to watch the movie a second time to really get what exactly Candyman is. Is Candyman paranormal? Is he human? Is he a collection of humans? It's not really as clear as I would have liked it to be, and I think that it hurt the movie in that regard. So my friends, my final verdict for the movie, this movie is an 8 out of 10 it is a great movie. This movie is truly a cinematic experience and it's a great thriller movie. Nia DaCosta is the director, Jordan Peele is the producer, do a great job of combining all of their creative oats, contributing to the experience, and the actor's performance is really elevated as well, and it all comes together in a really nice package that a lot of you, I think, will enjoy. Again, touching on that sound design, because Wow, amazing. So my friends, have you seen Candyman? If so, what did you think of it? Whatever you think, you know where the comment section is. Let me know. All right, my friends, that will do it for this episode of Coffee and Curls. Once again, thank you so, so much for stopping by. I greatly appreciate it. Like, comment, subscribe, or check out any of these other great playlists if you're enjoying this content and would like to see more. Once again, this has been the Bankrupt Hippo YouTube channel. I've been Bryce, and until next time, have a great day.